What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Elevating Your Potential podcast, where we enlighten middle school and high school student athletes about the realities of college sports. Got another great show on the docket today. Um, we have Lewis. Lewis is a graduate of Arlington High School. He received um, accolades as an all-district player his senior year in football and also played basketball. Academically, he received the uh, Principal's Award with a 3.0 GPA and in the community was a part of the church choir and the usher team. Now, this is where it gets a little interesting for Lewis. He started out his career at Kilgore Junior College, then transferred to the University of Arkansas before receiving his bachelor's degree from Arkansas Tech, where he double majored in kinesiology and nutrition and minored in history. So y'all join me in welcoming Lewis. Lewis, how you doing today? Thank you for being on. Man, thanks a lot, Jeremiah. It's a, it's a pleasure and an honor of being here, and I, I enjoy it. Thanks for having me. Oh, yes, for sure. I've been looking forward to this because I think you have an interesting perspective that you can give a lot of student athletes that can help them along their journey. Um, cool, cool. So I'll start out with the same question for everyone. All right. Who was the best football player you ever played against and why? The best one. Um, probably, there's two of them, and I didn't play defense much. I'm a wide receiver, but a couple times I played defense. And this is back high school, Matt Stafford. Oh, you played against Matt? Matt Stafford. Oh, I heard he was a dog. I'm talking about cocky and throwing bombs. And it was just like when there's nothing worse when you're a DB and you're playing perfect defense and that ball just fit right in there. And it was right. like, it's like, man, we knew he was going, we was like, oh, this dude going to the pros. Mm-hmm. This yeah. dude, he, he goes to the pros. <laughs> like, so so Matt Stafford and then, like, another guy was uh, Taste Daniel, making a career yes. QB, but he was at Southlake, and he was killing it, killing it, and then right. went to Missouri and killed it. So those yeah. two dudes, like, really stick out. There was always other good players, but those two dudes, like, they're still in the league right now after eight, nine years, so. For sure, yeah, yeah, Chase Daniels uh, backed up my guy Drew Brees with the Saints. Yep. Uh, so I definitely know <laughs> Chase Daniels and what he can do. Um, so tell me a little bit more. Let's learn a little bit more about you, Lewis. Uh, tell me uh, the personal aspect of how Lewis kind of um, was raised. Uh, tell me about your high school experience a little bit. Uh, man, my high school experience was really good. Uh, I only had – so when I finished high school – my GPA went up, but during that time, probably that sophomore, junior year, man, I remember a spring ball going into my junior year, and I had to, my parents made me sit out because my grades was in the tank, and uh, then I got that up, and then finally was able to play, and I mean, we had some, we had some dogs on the team, so it was fun uh, being from Arlington, um, we got to play a lot of schools either in Dallas or Fort Worth, plus the Arlington schools. And um, the year before I left, I graduated the seniors there. We had 14 go D1. Mm. So I was like, yo, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm next in line. But high school, it was fun. I got to play. Uh, but then my senior year, I broke my foot. And so I missed the final, like, three or four games and then the playoffs. And so that kind of hurt a lot with my recruiting aspect because I was 
I was rolling and then just kind of got knocked out. And since I wasn't a top level recruit, then, you know, they can always kind of, you know, get replacements or they'll, they'll be like, hey, be a preferred walk on. You're like, well, I can't pay that money. Right. Or walk on. So, so let's college, take a, I mean, high school was very fun. Very fun. Let's take a step back. So you said that your uh, GPA, your sophomore, junior year, you would say it was a little, was a little questionable. Why was that? Was it just lack of motivation? Or like, what, what exactly do you think the issue was? Uh, the lack of motivation and then uh, just always trying to like, I'd rather be hanging out with my friends and I just wanted to play sports. Mm-hmm. And then I wasn't taking it serious enough because I was just getting C's in classes I should have been getting B's in and B's in classes I should have get A's in and no A's because I was just <laughs> <laughs> because I was just like, I'm just trying to play. I'm just trying to get by. I wasn't studying. I didn't do anything. But then when you fail a couple of classes and then your parents are like, oh, you really ain't going to be able to play because I would only pass during the season. And you know how some of the dudes, you're like, man, come on. I was that dude. I was like, I, like, I passed during the season because I was always going to play. Mm-hmm. But then once we were out of season, I was like, oh, I can make it up. It's fine. So I just didn't apply myself. And I, and I mean, shoot, I really didn't apply myself to probably my sophomore year of college is when I really took it. I was like, okay, I actually, because you get that reality check, like, hey, I might not be going to the pros. Because right. I mean, in my brain the whole time, exactly. high school, I'm going to the pros going to the pros, like, all I got to do is barely pass. I don't need a backup plan. So we're actually going to come back to that a little bit later. Okay. Um, so you talked about your – actually, no, let's go here first. What would you tell that student athlete who does pass during the season but in the offseason? What would you tell them kind of to get them out of that kind of thought process and, mind, and mindset? Because it will catch up to you in the season. Because I missed – three games one time my junior year because I failed. And then, you know, that three-week progress report, like, because I was just being so lazy. I was like, I've done it before. I've been doing it, doing it, doing it. Because I, I was like, I can turn it on and off, on and off. I couldn't, and I didn't, and I failed. And, boy, you talk about hurt because you just start – I just became a starter. And then a few weeks later, they're like, well, you can't play because – I failed math class. And so I would tell that student athlete, like, don't let off the pressure. How you don't take off pressure of working out, don't take off that pressure of the academics because that's also a very, very good thing to have. And it also, in the long run, you're not thinking about it in high school, you're not really thinking about it in college, but in that long run, if they see, oh, you got an all district player, but oh, he, Summa cum laude, magnum cum laude. He he graduated with high honors. Like so, he took his game on and off the field very serious. And I definitely didn't take it off the field serious until college. So that middle school, high school kid, like take it serious now. Like always aim for A's. Always aim for A's. And some classes you won't get an A in. But guess what? If I got that B, cool. Like, nobody's going to sneeze at that. Like, and you can still get academic scholarships with having those beads and athletic scholarships. That would be awesome, too. So that's what I would tell that kid. Oh, that's great advice, Lewis. That's really good. Um, I want to kind of get into – so you said you had 14 student athletes go Division One from your high school. Yeah. What was that like waiting your turn? Because a lot of times in high school, people end up going to play collegiate sports. 
they kind of they play as a freshman sophomore, but you have to wait a right. little bit. So tell me about that process for you. Um, the process. Okay, so freshman year, getting to high school, I already knew I was going to be on the freshman team. I didn't even have aspirations of even trying to be on varsity freshman year because I was like, these boys big, and like Arlington, we were a fo- we were a football factory. So it's just like, I was like, oh, I knew I was going to have to wait my turn. Now, on the basketball team, them boys sucked, and I should have. <laughs> I, like, I was like, I know I need to be here my freshman year, but football, I was like, oh, I need to wait my turn. And so our freshman team, we were undefeated, but we were really good. And like, then you know how they bring up the young boys to practice with varsity when it's playoff time. So we were like their test dummies. And when I was going against some of the seniors, I was like, oh, okay, I can, I was like, I can ball. I, I can do this now. And then like one of uh, the boys, one of the, he's a junior at the time. And he gave me, I caught like two passes and he gave me a nickname. He's like, dang. You making catches out here like Superman. We're gonna call you Super Lou. And so like I got my nickname freshman year high school, Super Lou. And they have been calling me that ever since. And it was just because I showed out against the upperclassmen. And then once I did that, I knew my sophomore year I was gonna be like, all right, I'm trying to get the varsity. And so that just made me hungry. So then when that summertime came, I was working out with the varsity players and working out with still my teammates and my friends that were sophomores with me, but I was like, yo, we we can get on varsity this year. Even though we were good, I was like, we can get on varsity, we get some clock. So that was my goal and I made it, but I started out half the four, four or five games on JV though. And then uh, they bumped me up and I was like, dope. So like, you know, so I got to experience the JV life and then going up to varsity and then you're like, all right, this is what they talked about, this is the show. And, and then you get up there, you're nervous, but it's football, man. It's just like, you're like, oh, so, some of them are bigger, some of them are faster, but it was like, it's competition. So we having fun. So, and if you like competition, it is really nothing to you. Some of the boys get too, I had some friends get real scared when we were sophomores or even juniors. It's like, man, we're up here. I was like, dude, we've been doing this our whole life. Like, let's just fall. Yeah, that's that's good. So, what you did was you didn't mind, even though in August when, um, like, the fall practices started coming around, just because you weren't on varsity, you didn't stop working. You kept right. working to get kept to that working. ultimate goal, and then halfway through the season, it was here. And I think that's a very important point because a lot of student athletes are like, okay, at the beginning of the season, if I'm not up, I'm just going to be down all season, and I stopped right. working. And that's, and that's a bad thing because it's like you're never – going to be not never because there, there's those we know those few half less than one percent guys that uh never ever ever had to fight for a spot or do anything like that and that's like even at the major level like um like the adrian petersons of the world or people like that or but if you think about it like look at tom brady he had to fight for his spot. You know, Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, all these guys, uh, Patrick Mahomes. Like, nobody thought that he was going to be who he is right now. So it's like, you got to fight. And if, like, I think too many, and, you know, this generation, these kids, like, you don't want to be that guy. But it's like, because I had dudes like that on my team too. Like, like oh, I'm second string, I'm third string. Like, I, I ain't playing. And then they give up or they quit. 
and they're just or they're just happy being on the team like I was happy being on the team but I wanted to like contribute though and not just contribute in practice and being a practice dummy and so you know you just you just work hard and you want you want the people screaming your name in in, in the stands yeah. that's that's what you want and if you really want that then you're going to work hard. I think a lot of kids today don't work hard in practice because they feel like, oh, just put me in the game and I'll be able to do it. You're like, well, you got to show me in practice that you remember to play, mm-hmm. that you know where to go, that you know the audible to it. And if you don't do that, then yeah, I can't throw you in the game mm-hmm. unless two people get hurt. And then I'm like, all right, go ahead and go in there. You, you just made a lot of coaches happy, Lewis. You got you made a lot of coaches <laughs> happy with that comment. Um, so you started halfway through your sophomore year. Yeah. You were on varsity your junior year. And then, yep. you, then you said earlier that you got hurt. Yeah. And you said your senior year, right at the end of the senior year? Senior year, towards the end of the uh, season, uh, broke my right foot, my uh, right metatarsal, which is just the pinky bone pretty much mm-hmm. connected on the on your on your foot. And I was running a comeback route. And I always blame my coach for the longest because I was like, man, I told coach I could beat this dude on the go. And he was like, no, nah, I'll run a comeback. And I ran a comeback and just pop non-contact. And so I thought like I just like popped my ankle a little bit and just twisted it or something because I could walk on it normal. But then as soon as I tried to run, I just dropped. And they were like, um, they I went to the doctors and they're like, yeah, your foot's broken. And the doc was like, all right, you got a couple options. We can shoot up your foot. And with some cortisol uh, shots, and uh, you're just going to hurt it even more, though. But you'll be able to play. And I was like, nah, I'm going to set this out. Because I was like, I I still knew I wanted to play in college. But so once that happened, so in high school, I was getting recruited by two schools. I was was getting recruited by OU, and I was getting recruited by SMU. And I knew... Bad as sound, I knew I didn't want to go to SMU. I wanted to get out of Texas. And like being from Arlington, I was like, and even if I was still in Texas, I, I didn't want to be like right next to my parents because I always knew I was going to come back and live in Texas. But I was like, I'm going to OU. Two of my, three of my old teammates the year before went to OU. So I was like, oh, gravy train. I was talking to Bob Stoops. I was like, yo, let, let's do it. Let's do it. And then when I broke my foot, they're like, yo, since I wasn't, like I said, I wasn't a high, high recruit. I mean, oh, you going to get anybody they want, you know? So uh, they were like, we, you know, you still can be a preferred walk-on, but school going to cost X, Y, Z. And my parents were like, nah. So I was, it, it was hurt. Like, you know, it was a depressing time because after that, it was like, oh, you and the SMU had already gone. Uh, from that and because they kind of took it back too and they're like you know we'll give you they also wanted me to be a preferred as well and I was like and that's how I was really like no nah, man I'm supposed to be at uh, OU so I was like nah so I didn't do that so I honestly I was gonna I wasn't gonna quit football but I was like didn't know what I wanted to do now because I was like all these D3 schools were offering I knew I didn't want to go there because they didn't even have scholarships either mm-hmm. and so I was like and that's when I found out about junior college. <laughs> and so, now, how long was this process? You said it was kind of depressing. How long did yeah. you were in that depressed state? And how did you ultimately overcome that? 
Uh, I was, for me, for that part of depression, I was, it was till the end of football season and until I could actually physically play a sport. So when I got in uh, basketball, like the last few weeks of basketball, mm -hmm. like I was kind of like, all right, like I'm a little bit happy, but I'm still in the back of my mind, I knew I was going to go to school for basketball. So I'm just trying to find a way to get football, but the depression definitely left away, went away when I was able to play sports. So it was really a big sports thing because I was like, I don't have my foot. I can't do anything. And then I'm looking at my team. They're in the playoffs now. And I'm like, dang. And then, right. well, we win a couple of playoff rounds. And I'm like, all right, come on, guys. But then, like, you know, you're happy for your team, but then you're also sad because you're like, man, what if we win state? And I didn't have nothing to do with it, thinking I didn't have anything to do with it. But throughout the season, you always you always have stuff to do with it. But, you know, as us as athletes, if we ain't out there contributing every single week, it's like, man, I didn't, I didn't do nothing. I didn't do nothing. So that depression, it lasted uh, until basketball season. So about two, three months for that one. And then I'm not even going to lie, after basketball season, it got depressed. I got depressed again because then the only place I had was Kilgore. And not many people know this. I had to walk on to Kilgore. So I never heard of Kilgore day of my life. Like didn't know where it was, didn't know anything. And my dad was actually like, yo, you need to get up and, and do something. Cause I was like, it was almost in the high school, and they were like, you too good to not be doing something. And I was like, I know, but I was like, Kilgore? I was like, what is this school? Like, I, right. I'm going to tell people about Kilgore. So they were like, nah, you're going to go out. And so they had walk-ons, tryouts. I got accepted into school, so I went, tried out, all at the tryout. And then they were like, all right, cool. And so I get to Kilgore. They pay for, I walked on, but they paid for all my books. They paid for all my housing. And uh, the only thing my parents had to pay was the tuition. And at JUCO, it was super cheap, but not super cheap, but in com relatively compared speaking, it's uh, super cheap to any college. And then I, was, I stepped into Kilgore and I was like, what did I step into? want to talk about the financial piece that you talked about. So you decided not to go to OU, right. um, decided not to go to SMU and any other. You didn't want to walk on there because you're right. like, man, I don't want to just, first of all, walk on and then the price I'm going to have to pay to walk on is going to be heavy anyway. It's going to be heavy. Heavy. And so you decided to go to junior college. And I know right now, junior college is about um, 6000 probably. Yeah, so mine was probably right around 4,500. Okay. And so like, that's for everything. So, and it depends on what JUCO you go to too. So it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was a, it was a little trip. And <laughs> backtrack a little side note from my dad. He goes, me and your mom pay for your sisters to go to school. We ain't paying for you. <laughs> so they was like, you better get a scholarship. But like, he had told me that when I was younger. But I'm so grateful and thankful for my parents because they did pay uh, essentially for that first semester of school that I had. And because, you know, the parents ain't going to let me die 
So they they right. paid for my first semester of school. Uh, and then, I mean, I was blessed to get a full scholarship right after that. And then every other place I went to had scholarship. So, so how, did you get the full, how did you get the full scholarship? Because uh, I performed. And they said, hey, uh, you know, some of the guys were already leaving. And they're like, well, all right, we got scholarship room. This is yours. Dope. All right. Look it up. Call mom and dad. I was like, hey, y'all ain't got to worry about paying anything. And uh, I mean, half of my teammates didn't even know, not even half, more than half, didn't know that I was even a walk-on because they just thought I was a scholarship player because, you know, sometimes you get the walk-ons, they're practice dummies and, you know, anything like that. And nothing wrong with that because you need to practice guys. But, like, I mean, I, I, I came out balling. So I was like, all right, let's do it. And I tell you what, Jerm, last chance you just came out, like, they is really? grimy. It's grimy. They ain't doing it for the, they're not doing it for the television. It's just like that at JUCO. You have some stories for us? <laughs> that, 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 you can, that you can say. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, oh, man. So let me, let me put this out first. I have more from JUCO, D1, and D2. I have more dudes on my JUCO team go pro than any other teams. These boys are hung. These boys are hungry, and it it is it's grimy. <laughs> so it was like we had uh, like some of the stories, like you know, you taking a bus everywhere. So there's no there's no flights on JUCO. Uh, these boys, it is their last chance. Like I had this one kid on my team. He was like, he was like, I'm either going to uh, stay here. He goes, I'm staying here and playing football, and if my grades run out, going back and selling dope. 100% serious. And he went back and started selling dope because he got kicked off the team smoking weed. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> he, he got it. But like when I watched this Last Chance You is, and I'm on the new season now, um, it's like that's exactly how it is. You got these – it's hard to get – it's hard enough for a coach to get everybody to believe in, like, you know, one team, one dream, all that. It's even harder, I feel, for a JUCO coach because all these boys are looking for nothing but a scholarship to get out because that's, that's the next phase. Nobody's at JUCO – well, not nobody. There's – so say if there's 100 guys on the team, 90 of them are looking to go out and go play everywhere else. The 10 of them, some of them, they're just like, they might have been local legends at the high school and they still got an opportunity to play ball. So they're like, hey, you know what? I'm just going to play ball, rock it to the wheels, fall off. But everybody else, they're trying to go. So it's hard to commit to, hey, we need to win a championship. We need to get this guys. Because they're like, no, nah, it's, it's I'm for me. Like mm -hmm. some of them, or we got like, I had a lot of dudes come from D1 and came down. They were at the JUCO where I was at. And so, and then like, Playing. So, like, for instance, like the next year, the year after I left, that was when Cam Newton went to Blend. Mm. And so some of my boys got to play against Cam Newton. They was like, man, this is the biggest man I've never seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> but so, like, that's the level of competition that they're playing. So you had him at Florida and then going down to a Juco. And so, like, I had some teammates from come from Texas Tech, from BYU, uh, a couple of from like, uh, Air Force and stuff like that. So they came down ready to ball and they're like, 
you come down the facility, Jerm, the facilities are trash. They're like junior high facilities. <laughs> Not even high school, junior high. Not even high school. There's, <laughs> it's so bad. And like Kilgore was one, is one of the best JUCOs in Texas as far as like facilities and everything like that. And it, it's a, it, 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 it was rough out there. But that made you a man. And our workouts, there's nothing regulated by the NCAA. So our practices would be three and a half hours. I did not know that. I did not know that there was no regulations. No, it's the Wild West out there. So, like, <laughs> I got to – so and then so there's no money. Like, there's money, but, like, not like D1 or even some of the major D2 schools. Um, so I got a story. We had – my coach was Coach Reeves, Jimmy Reeves. He was uh, – we got new shoes. We got new cleats. And everybody was complaining about these cleats because we are like, man, we slide in and these things hurt. And coach was like, man, if I hear somebody else complain about these new cleats I got y'all, uh, I'm gonna lose my mind. And it's like, all right, all right. And then like a few minutes later, one of my teammates, another receiver, he goes, dang, I, I, if these cleats weren't so terrible, I wouldn't have slipped on my route. And the coach said, blew the whistle, all right, all you NFs, on the line, take off your shoes. We were the gassers. With no shoes. No cleats on. <laughs> No cleats. He lost his mind. And my, my teammate Avery, he's like, man, Jimmy done lost his mind, man. We out here <laughs> in a hundred degree heat in that East Texas heat, man. Oh, that's Just dry sit. heat too, isn't it? And man, we it was so hot and we we're on we we're on field turf. So our feet burning up. Ooh, and then I, so I already got uh screws in my feet already. So um so my kids not giving up. So when I got to Kilgore, I walked on. I was the seventh receiver, and that's at the X position. Oh, just one position, not total. (laughs) Not total. One position. Seventh at one position when we had uh, when we started uh, camp with two days in August. Number seven. So I was like, all right, I got a mountain to climb. Let's ball because I was like, I didn't want to get red shirted because I was like I want to be here one year and and dip and because I was like I knew I had the grades and everything I knew I could just get in and get out um I'm seven string working my way up only one person gets hurt so I don't play the first two games though so they haven't red shirted me I don't play the first two games one person got hurt but by now I'm like the fourth uh, fourth, yeah, I'm the fourth X receiver. Started balling in practice this week, and we had a bye. We just got beat, and coach was like, everybody's positioned up for grabs. I was like, all right. So that's all I need to hear. Perfect. So go out. We play uh, this school, Georgia Military. It's the third game of the season. I get the start. I was like, yes. So now – I worked my way up from seven string X receiver, not even just the main receiver, just X. Go all the way up, get the start. Let me, this is how bad it is, Jerm. I go to get my ankles taped before the game because I was like, all right, I know it's going to be a little bit stronger. I'm still worried about my foot. Go to get my ankles taped. We ain't got no tape. Man, are you they serious? ran out of tape. You have no tape. They ran out of tape. And so I only had like a little bit of tape. And then like if you want to spat your shoes, you have to bring your own tape. But we're playing a, an away game. 
So I don't have it. Some of my teammates don't have extra tape. And so I'm like, all right, well, whatever. So I'm just tying my shoes up. Because I never taped my ankles in practice. So I was like, all right, whatever. So tie my shoes up. Get the start. I get my first college catch, a little uh, curl route, turn it into like a 20-some-yard game. Very next play, I broke my foot running a slant. Pow, popped it. I played like three more plays, but I knew I knew something was up. And so I go off to the trainer, and I'm like, uh, yeah, I think I broke my foot. And he's like, nah. He's like, it doesn't look broken. It doesn't feel broken. I was like, oh, it's broken. Next day. I, I've done this before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Next day, get the x-ray. Done. Out for the year. And oh, I, my goodness. So, so then depression set in then. Yeah. So then I took a red shirt. And I was like, man, like, okay, now it didn't even set in as much. I mean, I wasn't depressed because I got to be here another year. I was depressed in the fact of, like, man, I was just now, I was doing everything right. And then I'm mad because I'm like, they didn't have no tape. But it wasn't the tape. Like, it was just what God had planned because it was just, you know, that that extra, um, and that game speed is different. Because mm-hmm. I've been practicing all year and going hard at practice. Mm-hmm. But that game is just, you know, it's just something a little different about that. Mm-hmm. And so then I, I, so yeah, depression, I was really depressed uh, bad because I didn't even see the practice field for like three months of there because I would go down, like I'd go down and see the team, but I was just doing my rehab. Like, so, and then you feel forgotten about because they're like, oh, What's up, Sweet Lou? So that was my nickname in the college, was Sweet Lou. Mm-hmm. So Super Lou is high school, Sweet Lou. Lou. Because my coach, uh, in practice, I made a catch. And he was like, that was a sweet catch, Lou. Sweet Lou. <laughs> so, that's what, <laughs> so that's what he called me. Um, but, yes, yeah, so I was de- really depressed that first year. And then got back, got back into it. Spring ball came, ready to rock and roll. And... This is a lesson, and you know how something bad is going to happen when you say something, when you lie to your parents? This next part, I broke my foot, my left foot this time. So I broke my right foot twice already. And now this is coming up spring ball. I'm about to break my, this is the end of spring ball, too. I'm about to break my left foot. My parents called me, and they said, have you been going to church? No, it wasn't church, because they knew, they knew I didn't go to uh, church. Uh, didn't much at Kilgore. I just I was always at Fellowship of Christian Athletes, though. I was always at FCA. Uh, so that was every Tuesday we had FCA. But I didn't really go. We, you know, we had, like, stuff going on at, on Sundays, and I didn't really like the churches out there. But they were, like, had something. They were, like, did you read your Bible today? And I was, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I didn't. And I, and I mean, as soon as I said, yeah, I was, like, oh, so I got on the phone, opened up my Bible to try to like make it seem like, <laughs> like I wasn't lying. I was like, yeah, yeah. Man, <laughs> man I, I knew as soon as I said that, I was like, something, something's going to happen. I get to practice. It's like in the practice. I'm just running the drag route. Catch the ball, turn up field, pop, fall straight to the ground. Man. They said, what's wrong? I said, man, take me to the hospital. I broke my foot. <laughs> and so ever since then, I never lied to my parents about reading the Bible, going to church, sure. like that. So if I haven't read my Bible yet, I'm like, yo, I just ain't read it yet. Like, no excuse. Like, I'm right. sorry about that. 
Yeah, so that so yeah, I broke my feet three times. And I think that's kind of probably after that second break though, that's when I really started getting my mind together, like I might not make it to the pros. And then after that third break, it was really like, okay, I I ain't gonna just rely on this because if I hurt myself one more time doing anything, like it could be my last time playing any type of ball. So that's when I started taking classes more serious, still taking football serious, like regardless, because I was like, if I make it, awesome. Mm -hmm. But if I don't make it, I need something to fall back on. So that's what it was. Man, and that's so crazy that when you made that, this is kind of projecting a little bit, but when you made that shift, I don't know if you had any injuries after that, but it just seemed like you didn't have any at all. No, I, I tweaked my hamstring a little bit, but I didn't miss any games. So right. it was like, but no major injuries where I'd sit out just, you know, your normal bumps and bruises. But like, mm -hmm. after that, I was just like, okay, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna mess. And the thing is, you ain't, I'm not gonna mess with God. Cause I was like, that's the biggest problem. Cause you know, being 19, 20 years old, we, we was always lying to our parents mm -hmm. about wherever we were going. But lying to them about God, I was like, that was a mistake. And so, like, I, heard, I heard God's voice in my head. He's like, you messed up. And I was like, yeah. <sighs> So let's use this moment here for a second. So how big of a role did faith, has faith played in your life up to this point? Um, specifically, let's talk about you. Actually, let's talk about you as a student athlete. Yeah. Uh, huge. And I think, you know, growing up, so I'm a preacher's kid. So my dad's been a preacher for, uh, since I started, uh, he started being a preacher right around eighth or ninth grade when I was in eighth or ninth grade, but like now has his own church, but, um, faith growing up in the church, playing sports through the church, like that's always been a big part of my life. And I feel like, um, I remember I never, I used to be so confused. Like, well, God, what if the other team, they praying to you too. So like, we praying for a win, they praying for a win. Like, is God watching this game? Does <laughs> he want the outcome? But I, I've always been in that priority. And I've always felt like most of the people, until I got to, to Kilgore, I had never met anybody that wasn't either growing up in the Baptist church, because being from Texas, or was at a Catholic church. But the first time I got to Kilgore is when I met the my first Mormon that I actually knew. And it was one of our quarterbacks. And everybody was like, you a Mormon? What? <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, but um, that faith in Christ really helped me because even though I had gotten depressed, and everybody gets depressed, whether it's through uh, circumstantial depression, I think that's a lot of it is whatever happens in your circumstances, you know, like, when, you know, woe is me, like, mama, papa don't want me, or anything like that, like, you know, um, but I think going through that depression, having Christ there with me, because I still read my Bible, I still go to FCA, even when I was hurt, but, you know, like, you know, it still takes some time to wiggle out of it, because we're, after depression is the self-pity now, and then it goes into the self-doubt and all that stuff, so, um, you know, and the whole time, if I was really being honest, I was questioning God because I was like, why you break my foot? Like, you know, I'm better than this person. They, and they ain't never been hurt. They ain't never had a sprained ankle. And like, 
I've been doing this, 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 and then why? And I think is it I think it was honestly a blessing in disguise that I was able to Oh, you ball out, you do well. You and ball then out. Let's, let's go to Arkansas. So this is All the right. first the first transition or the tra first transfer is Arkansas. But I want to talk about academics for a quick second. Let's do it. Um so did all of your credits transfer from your junior like did you graduate with an associates and then go to Arkansas? Associates. Yeah, so everything transferred, everything was good with that. So uh, the biggest thing for sure with if anybody that goes to JUCO uh, and if they're if you're if you qualify to go to D1, D2 and your SATs were good, like that's still cool. But still also, if you have that opportunity to graduate with your associates, because if you don't qualify, you definitely have to graduate with your associates. And then you can pretty much get in everywhere. Like they'll take because that's just all your prereqs. So they'll go, they're going to take that. Um, so definitely, if you're going that JUCO route, stay those two years or stay that year and a half or whatever you have to do to get that associate's because it's just easier to get that transfer in. And you highly suggest that they go to JUCO, get your associate's, and then because you will be able to transfer to anywhere. Uh, and the, they're going to take all your prereqs. Now, some of the they won't take the elective, they'll take a couple of the elective courses, mm -hmm. uh, but they won't take like all of them because at JUCO you'll take a lot of electives like racquetball or something like RPRWs at SMU. So they'll take, they'll take like three or four of those, but they won't take all of them. But they'll take all your prereqs and then you'll be up and running for your, uh, for your major right. courses. Right. So basically for people who don't, so basically your first two years of that you would do like if you went to like a big school like a OU or right. SMU Oklahoma State. Like a lot of people call them your basics. So is that essentially what you're saying by prereqs -re -pre basically? Yep. Okay. So, yep, get the basics. Get the basics out right. and then you're able to go and then those two years or if you if you get lucky, those three years left that you have to play ball, um, by the time you get done and it's your senior year and if you're not like I mean, we're all looking, not all, but most of us were looking to get to the NFL, and that would have been a great opportunity, but then, like, you still get to play that college ball if you have those two or three years left and get to get to use that in your life, and it's so much fun. Great. So now we're at Arkansas. So now we're at Arkansas, and so now I'm with the big boys, and it's like being that sophomore trying to get the varsity again. So you're like, I've had that little taste of, okay, I can play with these boys. I, I can do this. I get there, spring ball, and uh, it was it was good. It was a success. Balled out. So started at third X, worked my way up. So by the time the camp was over, I was splitting time. So I wasn't completely yet the first X, but I'm splitting time and a thing for all the other athletes, learn every position. So I was playing every position. So I was playing X, Z, H, anything they need me to do. Don't be like, no, nah, coach, I'm just, nope, nope. I'm just lined up on the right. That's all I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Don't do that. Don't be that guy. You know, do the special team. I hated special teams, but guess what? I had to do it. I had to do kickoff team for a while. And then I worked my butt. So I wouldn't have to do kickoff team anymore. Yeah, that goes for every sport. So if you're a girl playing volleyball, 
Learn it all. Learn learn everything you can because it only helps you as an athlete. Exactly. It helps you. And then don't, uh, especially, and like for the middle schoolers and, and even below, don't pigeonhole yourself and say, oh, I'm only this position. Play offense, play defense, and you'll figure out what you hate. And then you'll figure out what you don't like. Because, you know, if somebody, if a coach is like, hey, you know, I want you to play safety, but you're like, I don't, I don't like safety. I'm a receiver. And chances are you go to safety and you're like, oh, I actually like this. And, and so whatever you can do to get on the field or get on the court, you do it. And then you'll be able to showcase. And then coaches see you producing and then you can take coach to the side like, hey, coach, I really like playing this position though. You think I could try this out? Coach be like, all right, let me see what you got. Let me see what you got. So that's all you need to do is just get on the field. Great point. So, at Arkansas, it didn't go as well as I wanted it to, but I'm so grateful and thankful. So I, I would I wasn't sold like uh, you know fool's gold or anything when I got there. But I get up there, and our offense was supposed to be one way. And it's supposed to be – I went there with the thinking of, all right, I'm going to go – it's going to be more of a spread-style offense, but I knew it was going to be a, a heavy – not heavy run, but like 50-50 split, a spread to running, almost kind of West Coast style. Um, and then I got there, I'm like, dude, all, all we're doing is running. And I, I'm like – I'm a receiver, and so I'm still trying to, like, at this point, I'm still trying to get to the pros, though, too. So I'm, I'm still trying to play some ball. And I'm like, I want to be showcased a little bit, uh, get there, and I'm working my butt off, and coach is like, all right, well, you know, I wasn't coach's first choice because when I got there, uh, the coaches had transferred. And I'm never one to, like, just try to up and leave. Mm-hmm. So – uh, this is when I tweaked my hamstring, though. And so, oh, Jeremy, I tweaked my hamstring, and they, coach sends me back, like, packing down to, like, the four-string receiver because it was like, oh, you know, you're hurt. Like, you know, let's just take your time with this. So I'm sitting on the sidelines, 80,000 people, and I'm like, when am I going to get on this field? Like, coach, I just told you, like, First week, I understand. Like, hey, I understand. Like, I, I'm hurt. Like, I'm not, I wasn't 100%. Let's, let's cool. I'll get back out there. Nah. And so then I started making plays. But it seems like, you know, nothing was really going on. Nothing was really going. Um, but the reason why I transferred is my coach got in trouble uh, off the field issues. And so, like, it was up in the air if he was still going to be there or not. And I was like, I was coming into my senior season, uh, but I knew that like, I really just wanted to play. And I had a coach on the staff leaving and going to Arkansas Tech. So that's how I ended up there. And he's like, hey, I can get you a scholarship. You want to come here and play? All right, cool. So go down 45 minutes to an hour south. So leaving Fayetteville, go down to Russellville and uh, Division Two. Had a couple of – had some ball players at Division Two. It shocked me. Because I was like, Juco was this level. Then going to D1, I'm like, all right, that this is where it is. Um, first stringers are dope. But not, and what people fail to realize, not everybody on D1 team is good. 
That is very true. For any sport, not everybody is good. Not everybody's good. Some of the boys are just system players because they know some of the coaches and or their parents were boosted their politics starting in high school. They're starting in junior high. And your daddy the coach, you're gonna be quarterback. So <laughs> um, but it was like so going down there to uh Arkansas Tech, I enjoyed my time there too. We uh we were like middle of the road team, like nothing too crazy, but uh, had some athletes there. And I, but once I got there in Arkansas Tech, I knew that like, I, I was just, I was there for school. I was there to have fun, make some memories. And football was going to be a thing of the past after a year or so. But I was still like, but I was still trying to work on my craft though. Cause it, it, I mean, it's still football. I still got a job to do. So, and that's when I got back playing safety and I hadn't played safety since high school, but our start, our, our two starting safeties got hurt. Our one of our backups got hurt. And so they needed, they're like, Hey, we need somebody to play safety. They're like, Lou, you play safety. I was like, high school. <laughs> I said, man, it's been about three years. And they're like, nah, we're going to put you back there. And I played safety for two games, but it was cool seeing that. And like some of the, no guys on my, uh, team at Arkansas Tech went pro, but some of the guys I played against at different uh, D2 schools, like Valdosta State mm-hmm. and uh, it was Northwest Missouri State or something like that. It's They're green and white. They're the Bearcats. Mm-hmm. They had some, like, I was like, oh, okay. They got some some athletes out here. Sure. And that's kind of what I want to talk about a little bit more, too, because I don't know. Honestly, I know people who've gone D1. I know D3. I know yeah. JUCO. I don't know much about Division Two. I don't know what that experience is like. And so, yeah. The D2 experience, I'll, I'll say it like this. It's more of a D1 AA experience. The, uh, it's more of the FBS, I mean, the FCS. And uh, the D1 AA because you have some bigger schools because, like, student body-wise – I actually think Arkansas Tech is actually bigger than SMU. Mm. I think we had like 12,000 students, maybe 12 or 13. And the campus was big. Campus was nice. It's about the size of SMU. Uh, Maybe a little bit bigger because, you know, SMU is just locked in to that little square pretty much. But uh, Arkansas Tech campus was big. It was huge. Um, But I think like that Division II, like, you can be found anywhere now. Like, you can be found is don't – what I would say is, like, some of these kids, if you're, like, sad like I was because I was like, I got to go to JUCO, like, it's okay to be sad, but you know what? Make the most of it and do your job and get out of it and have fun with it while you're in there. Because um, then it's only good to be sad for a little bit because ain't nobody going to feel sorry for you because right. the dude right next to you, he might be in there because he's trying to provide for his family and he 18 and everybody looking at him. And so like, you know, I'm sad because, oh man, I ain't go D1. And he, he's like, what you complaining about? Like, man, <laughs> I lost my best friend last week or something like that. You know, they're going through some real stuff. Um, so if you go D1, I mean, if you go JUCO and then everybody's goal at JUCO is to get D1. But if you don't go D1, 
that's fine because now I got to think of I'm I'm getting my I'm getting my education paid for. So let me take advantage of this. And yes, I totally understand the big schools, Alabama, the OUs, the USC's, they making tons of money. And do I want to see athletes get paid one day? Yes, I do in college. But for the meantime, since they're not getting and we didn't get paid as far as like, you know, oh, we should get $10,000 a month or whatever they want. Like, in the meantime, since you know that, you got to use that educated hustle, get your degree, get whatever money that you're getting at the Pell Grant. Uh, if you can get that little summer job, because I know, like, you can't really work during the season, uh, except for this. And at JUCO, I will say everyone is a lot hungrier mm-hmm. than being at D1. Uh, because D1, it's like, I made it. Depending on which schools the D1 you go to. You're like, I made it. I'm an athlete. Everybody's treating me like a god. Because at, at JUCO, there's 100 to 150 people at your game. And then 40 of them people are the band members. So it's like, <laughs> there, there, there ain't that many people at your game. So nobody's watching. So you got to be self-motivated. And you got to go. D1, you get you're getting all the hype. There's uh people are still motivated, but not the whole team is motivated. Cause some dudes just happy to be there. No dudes are just happy to be there at Juco. Cause they, that wasn't their choice. They ain't happy to be there. So I'm trying to get out. So everybody's motivated Juco. D2, it's a smaller as far as like people that are just hungry. But a lot of these guys, I say it's the they're using it as, hey, I get a free education. Right. I still get that college experience. Let me go. So you don't see too many rumblings of D2 athletes wanting to get paid. Much bigger. Mm-hmm. And, and the competition, the competition all around, yes, is better because sometimes you're going to play teams in JUCO that aren't good. And then the competition is way better at uh, D2. And if you see somebody sticking out at D2 like real big, you're like, what happened? Why are they down here? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, what's his face? Jackrabbit. Janoris Jenkins? Yeah. For the quarterback? He went to North Alabama, and we played uh, North Alabama, and everybody's like, man, this dude is, who's that guy? And it's like, you're getting in trouble. So, like, that's what, like, if they stand out at D2, but also, if you're that good, you got picked up. So, somebody's going to pick you up. Yeah. So, it's yeah. just like, and I appreciated all of it. Um, so I have no, I don't know anybody that went, I know one person that went to, not D3, I guess it's D3, the NAIA schools in uh, Kansas. He went to, I think it was called like Bethany or something like that. It was a small school in Kansas. But um, other than that, like, I had such a great experience on all, every single level. And because it teaches you adversity on every single level, whether it's the physical elements that happens or the mental, or if you're going through, and you, well, and you know, growing up in Texas, the minute you're on, not even the minute you're on varsity, the minute you, they find out you're playing football, expectations, they're heaved on you. And you're like, that can be overwhelming because I already got expectations for myself. 
but now I don't want to let mama down. I don't want to let daddy down. Uh, you know, we win a game, but what if I drop two passes or the team had to save me because I fumbled and then the defense had to make a goal line stance or something, which that never happened, but I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> if you – like, those expectations are hard, so I see that burden on a lot of these players too, and I just want them to remember, like, don't beat yourself up after one bad game or even two bad games. Heck, you might even have a bad season. Some people don't have bad seasons where you just like, I can't get nothing right. But then you got to come back, reset, refocus, and and keep balling and figure out what you're doing wrong and never, ever, 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 ever blame somebody else. Mm-hmm. Always got to look in the mirror because hold, hold, hold these for the last question, Luke. Don't give your advice away yet. We're almost there. <laughs> My bad. I them for the last for the last portion of the video of the podcast. Please. Okay, okay, that's my bad. That's my bad. <laughs> there, there is something I want to break down before uh, we continue. So a lot of yeah. people get caught up in D one, D two, and even me too. D one, D two, D three, JUCO, NAIA. Yo. And I want people to understand that those are simply their schools are broken down into those divisions strictly for sports purposes. That they're doing school. So if you're if you want to play sport if you want to play sports in college and you also want to get but you more focused on your academics, don't get caught up in D one, D two, D three. Cause you can go like Villanova, but it's division one basketball, division one double A football. Right. But the school right. is amazing. Amazing. Um it's a great it's probably top hundred in the country. Probably top fifty, honestly, if we looked it up. So really don't good get, school. Really good school. So do not just get caught up in Division One, Two, Three, um, and thinking that that's the whole. That means that the campus or the academics is just it's subpar. No, that's strictly sports. Nothing else. Strictly sports. Because <laughs> look at look at. Uh, I mean, I, I don't play lacrosse, and neither one of us really play lacrosse. But like Johns Hopkins, mm-hmm. they're a small, quote unquote, small school. But look how major that is. And like MIT has a basketball team. But they aren't – I think they're, like, D2. Or they're, they're like, real small. They're not as big as Harvard when it comes to basketball. So, yeah, people, they all – because I looked at it as – and, like, what you said, like, D1 is a top-level school no matter what. And you're like, oh, no, that's just sports. Because – and then you're like, oh, it's a, it's a big school as far as 50,000 students like Ohio State or 60,000. Like, no. Like, because SMU, small – uh, Duke is a small school. Wake Forest is small. So it's like so many of these schools are really small too, but it's just the athletics. Yep. And on the flip side, Alabama's high um, in terms of sports, but Hello. the academics is not. I'm not. They're not quite as <laughs> as good. not quite as taxing as getting into exactly. Vandy or exactly. SMU or something like yeah. that. We'll, we'll go that way. And Vandy and Alabama are in the same conference in football. They're both in the SEC or football, basketball, and other yep. sports. So there's not an indication on how good this college is at all. It's just for sports. Right. And um, so I think once we get that out of our mind, yep. uh, and, and it's hard because, like, you think of – because the best athletes – most of them, I'll say a good 80% that we see, they were at, at D1. Mm-hmm. But then 
like I like seeing like the uh, you know like Monday Night Football and stuff when they're or Sunday Night Football when they say so and so and University of whatever. You're like, dang, I didn't know this dude went to that school. Like yep. sometimes it's it's super small schools or they go to some people think like small D ones are bad. Like say you go to New Mexico State or something like that. Like hey, that's still D one ball. Like you you still playing ball. Like it it doesn't matter where I went to or or what school you're at. So it's like you're playing ball. Let's have some fun. Great. Yeah, for sure. So we have a couple more uh, questions for Lewis. This has been very insightful. Um, so you go to Arkansas Tech. You get your your double major in yeah. kinesiology and nutrition. Yeah. And so what led you to uh, go to double major in those two things? Um. Honestly, because I had a good uh, advisor and I wanted to uh, major in kinesiology and, and just minor in nutrition. And she was like, well, if you do your, your, the way your credits are set up right now, you could actually double major with nutrition as well and then just have a minor in history or whatever you wanted to do. I was like, okay. So I went, I was like, well, let me, I was like, what would I have to do? And I had to take like, two more extra classes for to that have that double major and I was like all right cool because she's like if you do this you can come out and then you take a test and you'll have a cert and you'll be a certified nutritionist already with that degree and so then you can go straight into any type of nutrition that you wanted to and I was like all right well so that's what I did and then I still got certified in nutrition as well so uh so, so help the audience what exactly you said advisor what is that Help that, how did I, oh yeah, so my my college advisor is like your uh, high school guidance counselor that's supposed to help you pick out. You tell them what you want to do, and they'll pick out the avenue that you want to do, and then they'll also give you options because you always need a plan A, plan B, and plan C because it never goes according to what you want to do. So. Uh, my college advisor, and I always recommend talk to your college advisors because some people never even met their college advisor before. Mm -hmm. So you go to your advisor and you say, hey, I, I saw my credits. I'm looking at what I have uh, and I want to do X, Y, Z. And then you also let them know when you want to graduate because some people want to graduate in three years. And so the first time you see your college advisor, they're going to be like, okay, this is what you got to do. And but then if you're playing sports, the college advisor is big because say you want to go into med school. Well, some of those classes might only be given in the fall and we're playing football. So it's like, OK, so they'll help you say, OK, you can still do med school. You can still do pre-med, but this is what you're going to have to do here. X, Y, Z. You're going to have to take. 18 hours here in the spring and you're going to have to do all summer school in order to get this filled up to where you want to go. So that's what the advisors do. They help you out and they always, always, always for the high school kids going to college, if you know exactly what you want to do, look at the schools that provide that uh, degree plan. If they don't have it, and maybe as bad as you want it to go to USC. But if USC doesn't have an engineering program, then why are you going to USC if you want to be an engineer? 
I got to find somewhere else. Maybe I go to Georgia Tech because that's what they're known for. So, and guess what? They're going to work with the athletes because if Georgia Tech's known for engineering, guess what? I, I'm going to go to Georgia Tech. Although it is a hard school to get into. You get in Georgia Tech, you're doing something good. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't no girls there, though. I had a couple of friends. <laughs> <laughs> there. It's, about, it's about six to one dudes to girls at Georgia Tech. I did not know that. That is a very that. But you're in the middle of Atlanta, so it's, it, it all evens right. out. Hey, for bit. the girls, that might be a good thing. For the girls, <laughs> it might be a good thing. <laughs> it might be a good thing for you. <laughs> exactly. So just know that about Georgia Tech. But, yes, your college advisor helps you out so much if you utilize that tool. And I didn't start utilizing my advisors until my second year at Kilgore and then every school I went through afterwards. Boom, boom, boom. Talk to your advisors. Talk to all your professors and sit in the first three rows of the class so the teachers will know who you are. I don't care if you're in an auditorium class, you either sit in the front, because you're sitting in the very back, they're still gonna see you, but then they're gonna think you're a troublemaker. Mm -hmm. And so I did that once at, when I was at Arkansas. My biology professor, boy, she hated football players. And we strolled in there in the back, sat at the top of the auditorium class, yeah, she didn't like me too much. I had I worked hard. I worked hard for that B. So I, I knew that I was like, I'm not gonna get an A in this class, I'm gonna get a B. And but I knew I had to leave my teammates and walk down and sit at least halfway in there in that auditorium classroom so she would know that I was serious. And then I just talked to her too. But always talk to your professors. Uh even if you're ace in the class, talk to them so they know who you are. And by and they can say that oh, he's a good person, oh, she's a good person, she's a good student, not just, oh, yeah, I've seen him in my class before, but but nothing else. They can't right. give you anything else. Because you're going to need a letter of recommendation somehow. Keep preaching. <laughs> yes, get them <laughs> rec letters. Get them rec letters and those professors. Because rec letters from coaches are good, but professors go even further. Because, I, yeah, I better be able to go to my coach and be like, hey, I need this. And, but if you get it from your English teacher, if you get it from your history professor, like th that's something that puts a lot more weight on it. Because if you say on your job application, college athlete, um, they're going to be like, and then the first reference is my ex coach. They're going to be like, okay, yeah. And then they go down, they're like, oh, you had a professor? Okay. And I bet you eight times out of ten, if they call those references, they're calling that professor first. They ain't going to call the coach. They're going to call the professor. <laughs> then they'll call the coach. But they'll call the professor first to be like, how was he as a student? Mm -hmm. So that, that's what you want. You want to do that, have that good rapport with your professors and your advisors. I mean, with your advisors, you don't have to see them that much. But if you go once to once or twice a, every, you know, two or three months or every semester, you'll be good with the uh, with the advisors just making sure like hey I'm still on track cuz don't trust what you don't trust your schedule you're looking at go to your advisor and be like yo I'm still on track right did anything switch up cuz you never know what can switch up with your degree plan either so they might they might sneak something in that you didn't even know about or your coaches didn't know about so oh man that's good Lewis. that's good um two more questions for you so with yeah. your degree in nutrition, I kind of want to help the student athletes in terms of nutrition. Um, can you give them a couple of uh, tips? 
that they might not know about that can help them um, nutritionally, that'll help them in their everyday life and within their sport as well? Um, all right. Always. So now, like, we have everything, what well, we've always pretty much have, depending on what school you go to, have so much at your disposal. So there's going to at least be a calf that's open 24 7 uh, some of these times, or at least open till 9 or 10 at night. And to where if we get off practice late, you can go grab some fruit. But my nutrition was poor when I was from high school through junior year of college, because it was McDonald's every day, Chick-fil-A. Um, what else was it? That's uh, my diet now. <laughs> and you ain't playing no more. You ain't playing no more. But I, I will say this. If you're really skinny and you're a football player and you're trying to gain weight, eat whatever you can <laughs> because you need that weight because you're going to get crumpled if you don't get that weight. So for the boys that are, you know, if you're 160 soaking wet and you're trying to be a receiver, eat some more food. Like eat every, anything you see. Uh, if you're only a 250-pound offensive lineman, you better get used to being a linebacker or you better eat a lot of food. But uh, better take that red shirt and just work out. But, no, for the um, nutrition-wise, like, you really do need those vegetables. And, and your fruit, because I didn't, I lacked that a lot when in college, because it was literally fried foods or cereal. I was eating, or, or peanut butter and jelly sandwiches all day, every day. And so I ate all that, and I was still healthy. I was, I had like four or 5% body fat, and I was super healthy. But get, imagine how much better shape I could have been in if I would have been eating correctly. Because when we're 18, 19, our metabolism is already super fast. So we're going to be going, and you're going to need that weight anyway. I mean, you're going to burn it. And so you're like, oh, I'm invincible. I can do that. But, and drink lots of water. None, like, have the sports drinks, but you, you need way more water than sports drinks. Because that's what we forget to do. Because um, you just want to. All you want to do is, like, I need some Gatorade, man. I need some Powerade. I need something. I'm tired of drinking water. Well, guess what? You got to drink that water. Some of them boys are walking around with them gallon jugs. Yep. You drink it, then refill it, put it in the fridge, walk it out the next day. By the end of the day, it should be gone. Um, because that part of nutrition, and then I had a couple of uh, friends and teammates go uh, vegetarian for a little while like during the off season. And uh, so you can play with your diet like that as well. Like you can eat vegetarian at the cafe, but uh, it's going to be a little bit tougher. And, but I think once you get that junior year and you're off campus in your apartment, were you off campus in your junior year or just your senior year? Junior and senior. Yeah. So once you get that, once you have an apartment, you can really, really work on your nutrition and you take that money, that the little money that we get, go to the grocery store, fifty to a hundred dollars a week. Get your meats, your eggs, your veggies, and you'll be able to cook it, grill it, and you'll be able, you'll be very good with that. And on top of it, most of the time you'll probably be able to sneak into the cafeteria anyway and get something. <laughs> That's actually very true. Get yeah. it good, get it good with the cafeteria people at the front, hey. and they'll, they'll, yeah. 
they'll help you out and they'll save your life a few times. Cause sometimes you might not have any money and you walk in, we had a lady named Miss Dot and we're like, Dot, help us out. And she's like, all right, come on in here, boys. Okay, <laughs> cool. So the nutrition aspect is definitely very real. I know being that 18, 19 year old, they're not thinking that because they're like, I'm invincible now. But like, if you're able to get a hold of it early, and get those fruits, cut out the fried foods and just try to do grilled and baked. And it's not to say that if you have a fried food, it's gonna throw off your diet at all. Like that's not it. But that's when you consistently eat fried foods, that's the bad thing. Yeah. Or the heavily processed foods when you're trying to play ball. And I mean, uh, just, I mean, give it two weeks and you'll see a huge change to where I'm, or no, a week when you're that young, you'll see a huge change into how much energy I have when I'm just eating fruits, veggies, and clean meats, or no fried foods compared to the week before when I was eating Whataburger, In-N-Out, Popeyes, and just going. And it's like, yeah, I still got energy like that, but man, now I got even more. And so that's, it helps with the lifts. The nutrition is big. Perfect. So I end with the last question on every, the same question on every podcast. All right. You, you kind of got into it a little bit earlier, but can you give our student athletes five pieces of advice to help them transition from either middle school or high school, wherever they are now, to okay. their collegiate um, dreams? Five of them. All right. So three to five. Three to five. It doesn't have to be five, five exactly. Three to five. I will say um, the transition, the number one transition, what I was talking about when you stopped me, is yourself. Look in the mirror and never, ever, 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 ever blame anybody for your outcome of what's happening. Like I said earlier in the podcast, I was like, I'm so mad at my coach because I blamed him that I broke my foot because uh, I had to run that comeback route. But guess what? If I would have took the right steps when I ran the comeback route, I wouldn't have twisted my foot the way I did. But I was being upset and lazy. And because I beat the guy, and then the way I turned out, it wasn't supposed to be a turnout. And I snapped my ankle. Now, that was just God's doing, but, like, I can't blame my coach for that. Uh, if you get benched, don't be like, man, coach hates me. Why did he bench you? And then, you know what? What if he does have a vendetta out against you? All right, I'm going to make it to where I'm so good, he has to play me. And he can't sit down. So never, ever, ever blame anybody just look at it take your lumps because there are going to be some coaches you like some coaches you don't like some coaches ain't gonna like you mm-hmm. even if you're the star of the team they're gonna be a coach that be like man look at him thinking that he he all this he all that like so it all number one rule is it all starts in the mirror and you got to take responsibility for your actions and what you can control because how hard you're going to work in practice determines on if you're going to get on the field or not how hard you work in the classroom determines if you're going to stay on the field or not. And it's going to determine whether you get that high school degree, where you, I mean, high school diploma, that college degree, and whether you're going to get that good job. Uh, just depends on what you're going to put into it. So always, always use yourself. And I mean, uh, look at yourself. And then the uh, next one is if you can have, I was blessed to have a strong family around me. And so I had a 
good incubator in that as my family helped me out. And for those that might not have a strong family like I did, you have to pick your friends. That's your family. And you choose them wisely. I didn't grow up with the dope boys around me. I didn't grow up with the gangsters and the hustlers and the pimps. But if those are your role models, that ain't it. Because them hustlers and pimps, you know, so I know I know some of them take care of their own. Like I do, because like I got some cousins that are in that. But as far as my immediate family, um, so if you grew up in those broken homes, pick those friends that you, you know they're going to tell you the truth. Maybe you got an older coach as a role model. Maybe if you're at church, maybe there's a pastor, there's a deacon, there's somebody that's going to help out. If grandma and grandpa ain't around, if auntie and uncle ain't around, you find a solid core group of friends because you can't get through this on your own. You can't. There's always going to, you always need somebody. There's, you need somebody to get help with. Um, so surround yourself with good friends. And third, which actually is, is first, especially for me, have a strong faith. And you have that faith uh, in Jesus and you'll be able to go through anything and everything, even though stuff, so that, yeah, that's number one. Have that strong faith. That's not, that's <laughs> have that faith in Christ. And uh, for the high school kid going to college, whatever school you go to, try to find a church. Because not every Sunday we were able, and you know this, Jeremy, not every Sunday we were able to go to a church because we might have, uh, you got recovery Sundays, usually it was for us. So we do the pool work and go see the trainers and all that. But sometimes if you got that bye week or you'd be able to go to a church, find a church home, can't find a church home. I did fellowship with Christian athletes and that was, for, that was good for me. It was on Tuesdays. We had our Bible study, everything like that. So you find that's the number one rule. Number two rule, don't blame anybody but yourself. Look at yourself, do that. Number three, Surround yourself with good people. If, if with whether it be your family, if your family is all in disarray, find some good friends. Um, find friends your age. Find a good mentor that's older because still friends that are our age, we're gonna give each other bad advice mm -hmm. every single time. Mm -hmm. But it's still good to have them there to help bounce stuff off of you. And some of them will actually give you good advice sometimes, or the friends that just keep keep you going when you're like man i don't feel like doing this i'm gonna quit and frame like nope 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 keep going keep going uh and then fourth uh this fourth and final have so much fun because it's fun don't put the weight on the world on your shoulders at 18 17 18 19 years old 20 years old you will not have fun in college and you'll be looking back like Man, I miss those days because it's the only time in your life in college when you're around people 18 to 22, 18 to 23, and they're all your same age and they're all in the same goal. None of y'all got jobs. Well, some of y'all got jobs, but like you're living free. There ain't too many worries right now in your life, and especially the high school students. There ain't nothing like Friday Night Lights. Nothing. Yeah. It's the best. Mm -hmm. College is a job. High school you're having fun, everybody knows your name, you're, you're doing homecoming, you got all this stuff going on. It's, it's just so much fun. 
you get to be with your friends and you don't want to take that for granted either for the high school students and then when you get to college it's a job but it's still fun but it, it's a job like don't ever get that don't get it twisted it, it's a job those scholarships are one-year scholarships they they say it's four year they use so if it was four year i should only have to sign it once nope i gotta keep on That's signing a great it. point <laughs> that is a great point every single every single year is a tryout you're trying out for that team every single year because one day you might wake up and be like uh coach where are my books at oh, what <laughs> right. Because right. you know we got that year in review after every single yep. year. And like, all right, well, you coming back this year? Yes, sir. All right, sign yep. For sure. I'll interject a little bit too. So what Lewis is saying, he's hundred percent right. Yes, it is a one year contract. But as long as you are taking care of your business in the classroom, as long as you're showing up to work out some time, not breaking team rules, you're fine. Right. But <laughs> if you <laughs> don't do those things, you could be in jeopardy. So like you, they cannot let you go because you aren't performing well. Because I don't want to get in your head that right. it's based it's, on your performance. It's not your performance-based performance field. <laughs> but if you are not showing up to class, if you are failing, if you are showing up late to uh, workouts, if you're not coming to workouts, then, yes, you will probably not be there much longer. Because the first thing they'll do is uh, – They'll put you on academic probation. Yep. Where you can, you'll still have your scholarship, but it's it's a trial, because it's like, all right, let let's see what happens, and if you don't get out of that, you gone. Exactly. Yeah. You sorry, Lewis, for and sorry for putting that little and point in there. No, you didn't. That's good because I have to explain. You have to explain that to him because that that is true. Like it is definitely like a big thing because I don't think people understand that it is a one-year contract right. and it is definitely not performance-based because yeah like you said don't get that in your brain or man if I, don't, if I don't catch 20 passes this year it's gonna be something so no it's, it's but it's performance-based off the field exactly so, exactly uh, and then also I didn't go to many parties in, in college starting out because I'm just not a party I mean I, I go to bed I'll be in bed an hour and a half after this is over because I just go to bed early. Uh, so, but I didn't go to that many parties and the parties that I did go to, you know, it was cool, but like I experienced that and I say, hey, go out and experience that, but be a good judge of where you're going. If you show up to a party and you don't feel right and you're like, ah, something off with this, just, just leave. Just leave the party. Nobody's going to say that you're lame. Nobody's going to say this. Because every party is the same in college. You ain't missing it. Because the best party in the world was last weekend, but guess what? There's going to be a better one this one. That's what everybody's going to say. So I, I didn't party too much. Uh, I, I was just solely focused on football so much that I didn't want to be out and be bothered with the party. And because I needed my sleep. Because if you don't, there's very few people like Dennis Rodman that can go right. and watch watching the last dance like they can go out party come back and give you 20 boards five blocks and whatever like that and still be performing and i knew i ain't one of those guys so um i, I didn't party much but go see and when you're in college go to the basketball games go to the soccer games go to all the different sports to see that because that was one regret i wish i would have done like to see more of the sports because I, I watched 
you know, I was doing our football games. I go to a couple of volleyball games uh, and then some of the basketball games, but I never went to a baseball game, uh, never went to soccer. I went to some of the softball games, but like uh, didn't even see the gym, gymnastics. Went to track, went to the track meets, though. Like them track meets. Yeah. It's just prior, what is, time management. Ah, just prioritize what you're going to do mm-hmm. when you get to college, because that's the, I mean, that's the hardest part because high school, everything's regimented. You got your parents. You know you're going to be there for a while. And then college is like the fall semester was always the easiest for me because it was regimented. Spring is when my grades dipped again because it was like we got what? Workouts from 5 in the morning to 6.30 and then we're done. Yep. And class and I'm done by noon. And I'm like, man, what am I going to do with myself for all these hours? Then you start seeing girls that you ain't never seen on campus before. You're like, where you come from? <laughs> like, oh, this is how a college person is supposed to live. Right. So you can get true college life, but uh, just keep that mental, just keep your mental toughness. At Kilgore, they use the, this will be my last thing, they use the same MTXE, and it was called Mental Toughness Extra Effort. Mm-hmm. And that's all we ever did. Mental toughness, extra effort. And if you have that mindset, ain't nothing, nothing's going to stop you from whether it be injury, whether it be a professor, whether it be a coach, whether it be a, hey, I know, I don't know about you, but I didn't get along with all my, not, I got along with all my teammates. I didn't like all my teammates. Yeah, that was pretty accurate. (laughs) That's pretty accurate. I'll get along with them because, the common goal is we got to win these games. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Let's do this. But you ain't going to catch them at my place. Mm-hmm. And I ain't going to be at their place. They ain't inviting me out. I ain't inviting them out. So it's just like you'll always have teammates that you're like, eh, they're kind of weird or they think they're too cool. Or, you know, it's just like, all right, well, that's them. When I see them in the locker room, I say, what's up? You know, we just keep it moving. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just that's it. Nice and simple. Yeah. Hey, Lewis, that was perfect. I think that our student-athletes can get a lot from what you um, have given to them throughout this podcast. We appreciate you being on. Uh, Thanks a lot, Jeremiah. Oh, man, it was great. We appreciate you. All right, everyone. Hope y'all got a lot. See y'all next week. Cool.